I was trying to get one too. I really, really want a um, like the theme song from the uh, from the Now You Know commercials, but I can't because it breaks the sound clip rule. Everybody uses that one, so I was looking for a, a, the GI Joe one is the next best thing, knowing it's half the battle. But it's not really a theme song within. It's it's it was just little skits where a different you know character said knowing it's half the battle each time. I have a cousin who used to follow that up with, and the other half is red and blue lasers. Yes. that's I, I, There's a t-shirt of that, and I love it. It's like a, a pie chart, and half of it is blue, and the other half is red, and it says blue lasers and red lasers. Yeah, the only the only way that knowing is half the battle was going to work for us is if I could find like the goofiest voice that they did saying it, and it, it's, it's tied for two of them. And then, uh, you know, at the end, we, we're going to have to record people and sing the theme song you random otherwise nobody's gonna get it i'm pretty sure some i I know somebody has made like a comedy thing of it somewhere on the internet with you random no just in general oh well that's what we need we need like a chorus of people singing you random to the gi joe theme i mean we could probably get a few people to do that and then Taj could do the magic of like layering and copy it multiple times and make it sound like there's more of us. But that takes work. Yes, but it's crowdsourcing work, so it's less work for us in theory. No, no, it's, no, less, it's less work, work for, for you. <laughs> I was going to say it's less work for you and I. It's still more work for Taj. <laughs> Which so what it sounds like is we're learning how to delegate. Uh, that's not what it sounds like to me, but I mean, that's always what the people who are delegated to say. This changes everything. You random episode 82 for May 2023. It wasn't fun for us either. Oh, another possible show title. Can we get started? We should just just be start here. Just just call this the beginning. No, this is. Hello. And that's the show. Everyone and welcome to You Random. Um we're starting off the rails. We're probably going to stay off the rails as is our typical want to do. So um, you know, buckle up or don't. It's your call. Uh, I'm Pokey, uh, one of your co-hosts, and with me, as always, is Lyle. What are rails? I'd say thing they use with rubies, and we also, as usual, have Taj. I can't think of a clever thing to say after that. And of course, we have Soundwave. Soundwave superior, random inferior. Oh, good, yeah. he's back on his bullshit. We get it, Soundwave. Um. How are you guys doing? I'm exhausted, but it's like the last month of school. So it and all of my kids this year are seniors. So it's just hectic. Ooh, could I recommend doing a YouTube search for don't celebrate too early? You got to you got to finish the marathon, Taj. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank you, Pokey. That reminded me of something that I saw earlier today. I wanted to share with you. Let me see if I can find it. Sweet. I, I saw a celebrated too early um compilation earlier this this week and it was hilarious it's always hilarious but it it was another good one oh and i might have just thought of something too that i don't remember if i shared with i think i shared with you guys i'm pretty sure i did i sent you guys a um a link to philomena kunk right no oh okay i thought i had or maybe signals just completely broken now because i was pretty sure i did all right that can be my first topic then um so it's it's apparently an older show and it's from BBC One, so half the world is gonna know about it and, and I just found out about it 
maybe last week, but it's like if uh, this old Tony wrote scripts for um, Zach Galifianakis, and, and it's it's like a, a combination of a of a history documentary and awkward interviews. It's really really funny. This this woman okay. is so funny. You definitely sent us that. Now that you say that, because I remember reading that description. Oh, okay. All right. The name did not ring a bell, but that description sure does. Searching. Uh, search for Kunk on Britons. It's C-U-N-K. You did send it on Signal. It just got buried, and I didn't look at it. Oh, that's a half an hour. I'll watch that later. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to watch it now. It's it's a full half-hour show that was aired on BBC, It's it's and it's many episodes of it. It's just, she's hilarious. Noted. Can somebody, if you found that in Signal, can you pull the link and drop it in the show notes? I already did. It's on oh, the show perfect. notes. Oh, perfect. Perfect. It's not the same link, but it's, they're not going to be. It's just people sort of pirating it. So, you know, any link we post to this could be taken down at any time. Yar. On the other hand, the link that I just dropped in our chat and I will put in the show notes is only 30 seconds. So that you can go watch now. And please do. And, and then we can talk about it. This is the best use of AI ever. There's no way that's real. There's no way an AI wrote that script. It maybe animated it if someone else wrote the script. I don't care if it leads to a whole subgenre of comedy that is just people making things that AI would make. I'm totally fine with that. I have finally stared too far into the void, and this is what we get. I am equal parts amused and truly horrified. It stared back with a pizza hug or a pepperoni hug. It's like family, but cheesier. It reminds me of and I, now I forget the guy's name because this was so long ago, but um, oh man, it was I wish I remember the guy's name. It was like Tony's big ass storage and something else, or Tony's discount liquor and something else. It was oh man, what was that? You guys remember those? I don't know what you're talking about. I'll, I will not find them now. I'll have to find them at some point and try to get them. Uh, linked as show stuff because it was friggin' hilarious. Lyle, how'd your New York City trip go? My New York City trip was amazing. That's dope. Yeah, so I don't remember how much I've shared, but my sister's getting married, and so for her bachelorette party, we took her to see Hamilton in New York. Oh, nice. cool. How was that? I mean, as I said, it was fantastic. I did learn that um, it, it just seems to be physically impossible for me to remain comfortable in a theater for the entire length of a production. I, theaters and my body just do not physically agree with each other. Same. It, it, it is something about the shape and proportion of my legs. I cannot not have my knees hurt. That being said, Hamilton's fucking awesome. It's pretty good. I dig it. And then before the show, we, we got there early, roamed around, and the show was like a block from Times Square. So we just, when we, we didn't really know that, and so we were just walking around, we turned a corner, and we're like, oh, this is Times Square. And we were in search of a snack, and I had initially wanted um, just some New York-style pizza. Did not get that, but instead got a gyro from a street cart, and it was probably the best gyro I've ever had. That seems legit. Yeah. Also, it looked fucking dope. Uh, let me go dig out a picture and send it to you guys and put it in the show notes. But I thought I looked great. <laughs> Back on that flexing kick. Hey, I mean... I would say when you've got it, flaunt it, but it's really when you've worked as hard as I have for it, you flaunt it. Was it goat? Is that why it was so good? I don't think so. Uh, I, ordered, I, ordered, I ordered lamb. Oh, okay. Yeah, that works. 
I mean, if it had been goat, I would have eaten it. I, I mean, if that had been on the menu, that's what I would have ordered. Yeah, same here. I've, I've never seen it on the menu. I don't know that I've ever had goat, but I absolutely would. Bring me the I, goat. Yeah, I've not had it either, but I hear it's delicious. I hear it's fantastic. The drive down was tolerable. I, I'm, I'm not one for car trips, and I did not plan how I was sitting well enough and had more of the said knee problems. On the way back, I figured it out, though, and was much more comfortable. How far of a drive is it from you? It's about six hours. Oh, that's not bad. It's right on that, do we drive or do we fly? But there yeah. were four of us all going together, and so we drove. At six hours, it's like, is it cheaper? Is it faster? It all kind of comes out in the wash, and so it really depends on what else is going on. Yeah, it kind of. There's, there's a couple of places like that. But I think a lot of the places, um, specifically for me, because sometimes I have to work in Gary, Indiana, which is right next to Chicago, and I can get stupid cheap flights from Louisville to Chicago, and it's like a 45-minute flight, and it's a five-hour drive. <laughs> so it's I can, I can actually fly up there that morning, take the bus to the school, take the bus back and fly back and be home the same night. So um, that works. But yeah, if it's usually six hours, unless it's a weird circumstance like that, I'll, I would probably drive. Well, I'm glad the trip was good, Lyle, and I'm uh, I'm glad the the play was good, the musical. I've heard mixed reviews on that thing. I think as a as a show as a musical like it's it's awesome like it's it's well written and stuff as a um historical piece not so much sometimes i was just kidding i've heard no mixed reviews i've, I've only heard good things I was going for the shock factor there it didn't work po- pokey you have an interesting story about us maybe i yeah i have a, a very interesting you random story to tell you guys if you think you're ready for it with, with was, an intro like that, I'm I'm a little terrified, but go ahead. Yeah, I um, so I was out yesterday. It's the it's the only it's the first nice weather day we've had this week, and we've got bad weather predicted for the next few days. So I took the opportunity to go for a motorcycle ride, and uh, a nice long was an epic ride. Had a beautiful day. Um, just, I rode so many beautiful roads, a bunch that I'd never seen before was truly fantastic. I was listening to podcasts the whole time and our podcast came on. So I was listening to our podcast and I still don't know why any, I don't know why anyone would do that, let alone someone who was on it. It's, it's fun for me sometimes. I mean, uh, you know, I gotta be in the right mood to tolerate myself, but I I like listening to you guys. So it's the, Part of the show came on where we were talking about video games <clears throat> and, you know, Portal came up. And just as we were talking about Portal, one opened up in front of me and a deer popped out of it. And I crashed my motorcycle at about 50 miles an hour and destroyed it. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That was not an oh, no in disbelief. That was an oh, no in, like, sadness and regret. I believe that you are telling the truth. I am just sad about it. I know. I know. And I eventually probably will be sad about it, too. Um, at this time, I'm still, it's, it's been about 24 hours, <laughs> almost, almost exactly 24 hours. I'm still just really happy that I'm alive and in one piece. I came away with a sprained thumb and maybe pulled a muscle in my calf or something, but no other injuries. That's it. Damn. That's I'm, honestly I'm for, glad for, you're here. for suddenly there was a deer and I wrecked my motorcycle, a sprained thumb and a sore muscle in your calf, I, I, I'll take that, yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. It was a big deal. I, I, like, it literally popped out of nowhere. I, I, 
So what happened was it was a, a truck, a big pickup truck coming in the other direction at, just as I was cresting a hill. Um, and I probably slowed down a bit uh, because I because I was cresting a hill. I usually, that's, that's my habit is to slow down for hills because you can't see over them, obviously. Um, and the truck flashed its headlights at me and I thought it was saying that my headlight was too bright because that's, it always happens when you're coming up over a hill, you know, that your, your light aims higher. So I flashed mine back and the truck passed me. And I think what must have happened is the deer must have ran out behind the truck and just been masked to me. So I didn't see it until it was literally in my lane. I, I don't think I pulled the brake at all. I always ride with my fingers on the brake. I don't even think I pulled the brake. It, it just, it was an instant impact. There was no type of a warning from the deer. I never saw it on the side of the road. Um, my buddy said maybe I would have if the truck hadn't flashed its lights, but I don't think so. I did. I just didn't see it um, ever. It was hidden and it was, yeah, it was an immediate impact. It was hard. I hit the ground. I tumbled down the road for quite a distance um, and I slid for quite a distance. And I, I remember having the distinct thought ever with multiple times while I was tumbling going, Oh God, thanks for all this gear. Thank God for all this gear. Thank God for all this gear. And I, I stopped tumbling and I was sliding for a bit and I had the distinct thought that, all right, I'm sliding now. This, this crash may be over soon. And I slam, I rolled one more time. And I was like, fuck, damn it. I guess I have to just ride it out. And so eventually, yes, I came to a stop. Um, and miraculously unharmed, uh, you know, my thumb was, was stinging. I think what happened is the bike, when it hit the deer, it must've hit the front wheel and, and spun the handlebars to the right. And that's probably when I strained my thumb. Um, and my calf didn't start hurting till I was on the way home. But the, uh, it was, it was weird. It was a weird situation. <laughs> But yeah, to, to hit a deer at 50 plus miles an hour and have absolutely no injury. And my clothes were shredded. They were absolutely shredded. You could see plenty of my skin through the clothes, but none of it had been touched. And just if you want to know what the look of incredulity is, you know, let let some medical personnel have a look at you after a crash like that and be unharmed because they just they couldn't believe it. Um, they were looking at me like so do you have a headache then? Are you concussed? Did you forget that you hurt yourself? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I was like, go inspect my helmet. There's not a scratch on my helmet. Clearly you purchased the correct gear. I was going to yeah, say, I, was it your new jacket that you just got? It was my new jacket that I just got. It was my new pants that I just got. And I think what really made the difference, the two, two things, actually, um, the biggest difference I think was the new armor that I put in it. So, this is fairly new and Americans are not even really used to it yet, but there is CE, their European Union ratings on motorcycle safety gear. And CE level one is entry level stuff. They can't sell it in Europe if it's not CE one rated. And CE two is an improved rating for armor, for the padding, the elbow pads, shoulder pads, and spine protector. And I upgraded to the CE two stuff. And I don't know why it just doesn't come with it. It's dirt cheap. It's so cheap. It should just come with it. I, I don't know why it doesn't. Um, it's way more comfortable. It's way more flexible. And it's made out of a... It's a solid, but it, it behaves like a non-Newtonian fluid. So when it takes a smack, it hardens up. Um, and it's... I, I'm, I'm giving most of the credit to the armor. 
uh, a little bit of the credit has to go to the camelback. I had three liters of water on my back, and I think that must have cushioned it to, through the rolls. That must have helped. Um, but it's weird. The backpack doesn't have a scratch on it either. I can't even, even on the plastic zippers and stuff that hangs off it, I can't find a scratch on the backpack. Um, and then, you know, anything not accounted for by those two things is just a miracle. The bike did not fare so well. <laughs> it slid about 100 feet. Um, it, those are, it th uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but those those aren't built to slide, are they? Uh, well, sort of they are. The the you I've added pieces on it that are meant to slide, um, but it it's not enough. Anything that gets scratched, even the littlest bit in an accident, the insurance company is required to replace it. And on a bike as old as mine, I mean, it was a good looking bike. I took good care of it, but it was you know, uh, what, maybe 14 years old now. And I just rolled over 38,000 miles. So almost anything damaged on that bike could be enough to total it. And everything was damaged. Anything, it fell on the right side. And towards the end of its slide, it flipped over onto the left and wiped out everything on that side too. So there was nothing really on the bike that didn't take damage. But I rode it home. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I was going to ask how, how this affects your trip that you were going to take. Yeah, it's probably going to delay it, if not cancel it completely. I will have to find out what the insurance company says. I, I don't think they're going to give me much for the bike. I don't think it was worth much anymore. And all my cash reserves have been eaten up <laughs> recently buying, you know, outfitting for this trip. You know, a lot of it was parts for this bike that now just are useless to me and are, are probably stuff I'm not going to be able to return because it was special order. That sucks. I'll say it again. I'm happy to be alive. It's <laughs> I got the better end of the deal. Yeah, for we're, sure. We're, we're also happy that you're alive. Yeah, the um, I think the deer is dead. I have no idea. I'm hoping after I left that the state trooper found it and shot it and ate it but um it, maybe five or ten minutes after i was on and i was on my feet immediately but five or ten minutes later I, I heard it kicking in the woods a few times and it didn't sound like it had moved between the times it was kicking and it didn't have an ambulance show up for it or anything no deer ambulance huh nope but somebody called nine one one and told them that there was a motorcycle crash and somebody's unconscious in the middle of the road and bleeding. So I don't know where that came from, but thankfully that did not happen. And the the so the the first responder, the first guy on the scene, was pretty stunned when I was on my feet. He was like looking around, is there someone else with you? Where is the unconscious person? Yeah, exactly. Well, you weren't underselling the interesting part. No, I wanted to say a funny story, but it really is not that funny. No, that is not funny. Yeah, it's the the other shocking part is that the bike, all of the damage is cosmetic. The the only thing that was badly affected was my brake lever, my brake pedal for the, for the rear brake was bent back and up, so it was kind of interfering with my foot the whole way home. Other than, and I think I must have bent the front wheel because starting up at from like zero to. I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 miles an hour, I could feel a slight vibration in the bike. But other than that, it was almost perfectly rideable. Well, other than that, it was perfectly rideable. I think it must have tw either twisted the handlebars back in the housing just slightly because I couldn't feel it, or maybe it bent the handlebars, or maybe my tank bag was bolted to the top of the tank, and, and maybe I bent the tank. Um, 
because as I was leaving, if I turned my handlebars all the way to the left to full lock, it, my horn was beeping. So there's interference now that did not exist before. But the, I, unbelievably, the, the bike was, you know, unharmed. I rode it 60 or 70 miles home. And I, I went to the doctor today and, you know, just to make sure that, you know, there's, there's, you know, nothing severed that I just can't feel or couldn't find. And they, they took x-rays of the three areas where I could feel anything at all. And they said, there's nothing, anything, anything I did is muscular. Jeez. You're so fucking lucky, dude. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, like I am good about scanning the road and the sides of the road. I am good about braking for anything and everything, even in scenarios where you're not supposed to be able to break. I'm usually pretty good about being gentle enough to break. And, and, you know, I've come to, to very quick stops with very little warning, but this was absolutely no warning whatsoever. Just instantly, my vision was just a, a all brown from the deer's fur. And, you know, the next thing I'm on the ground, it's, I, I, yeah, it was just unreal. I mean, that sounds like you probably didn't even have time to shit your pants and be afraid. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, no, you're absolutely right. I, I was. That's what my daughter said. It must have been scary. I said, nope, <laughs> didn't have time to be scared. I, I was a little <laughs> it nervous. From, it, was, it went from clear sky to, well, I guess this is happening. The scariest part was standing back up again and not feeling anything wrong. Because I'm like, oh, shit, how, how can there be nothing wrong? I, I must have damaged something so bad I can't even feel it. Yeah, it's so bad oh. I can't even tell how bad it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, I spent a good 15 or 20 minutes pacing up and down the road just doing systems checks and not believing them. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that that was the state of being. Like, I, I would have flipped the fuck out. Yeah, the the lady who was in the truck, she stopped, asked if I was okay, and I told her I think so, and she left. You know, um, it wasn't her fault. She apologized. I said, no, nah, you didn't. You tried to warn me. Well, you didn't do anything wrong. Um you know, thanks for trying. And then another lady stopped and wanted to assist me, but she couldn't. She had to be somewhere. So she kept asking me if I'd go with her and she'd drop me off in the next town. And I just, I finally just told her, I said, look, I, I, I don't think I should leave the scene. I'm not in a real good state of mind to be making decisions right now. If you can call the police for me, that would be great. Um, I got no cell service here, but you know, I, I don't think I'm going to leave the spot. And that was enough to let her off the hook. At least she, she, you know, didn't feel guilty. I don't think she was the one. I can't imagine she was the one that said that I was unconscious and bleeding, but somebody did. And I don't think I was ever unconscious. If I was, the lady in the white truck probably would have got out of her truck, you know? So I, I, I don't think that ever happened. I did, I found out today, I disassembled my helmet. I, I pulled the liner out and everything. I found the tiniest little bit of, um, discoloration. So helmet, the inside of the helmet, the part that does most of the work is styrofoam and it's painted black so that if it the, paint, the black paint cracks, it's very fragile paint. So it cracks so you can see where there's been an impact. Um, and that's intentional. So, And I, I examined it real close. I could find the tiniest little spot above my right eyebrow where it, it maybe, I must have hit it against the deer. I hit it on something soft because it didn't scratch the paint the the helmet looks brand new helmet doing this job helmet didn't have to do its job that's the weirdest thing i can't i i can't figure out how it didn't take an impact 
it, it had to be the camelback keeping it off the ground behind me, but I rolled several times. I mean, I was face down. I, I, I don't, can't even tell you how many times. More than three, I'm pretty sure. And, and definitely one big one after I slid for a while. Well, good luck whoever's coming up with the next topic because uh, that, that's hard to top. Well, I was going to ask how Picard was going. Oh, um, can we go? Can we go? No spoilers. I still haven't started it. Yeah, I'll go. No spoilers. It's it's pretty easy. Um, so Picard in general, uh, season one, okay. Like it, it in hindsight, I think I liked it a lot better when it first came out, and this time has gone on. I'm like, eh. season two was a train wreck. I I've been pretty consistent about that one. Um, season three started strong. I was pretty happy with it. Um, they fucking stick the landing. Like this whole season is great. Like I, it's not as good as Strange New Worlds, but it's damn near. That's a that's a really high bar though. Yeah. Um, and like the the thing that I think is just kind of being plugged into the fans and stuff like that because I am one, so I, I consume a lot of the stuff. I think this is the first time that fans kind of got what they've wanted since Star Trek came back. It's, you know, everybody wanted, and it was the easy play. Like, I don't know why they didn't do it to begin with. Uh, we want a, you know, post nemesis show with this on a Starfleet ship with the Starfleet crew doing Star Trek shit, right? Just like the basic formula and do it because that works. Um, this kind of does that. It gives you that. Um, it also brings back, Next gen, like this is, if it's not next gen season eight, it is basically the best next gen movie that has happened, um, and they're all great. Like none of them have lost anything. They just came back and they're the same characters, just older. Um, the season doesn't have anybody doing any dumb random shit for no reason other than plot, which has happened in both the other seasons. So I'm, I love it. It definitely, with no subtlety, has set up a sequel. Um, that is not Picard, but a new show. Um, so I'm, I'm there for it. Like, I, I'm, I'm a little sad that like they've announced that they're doing the, the section 31 movie. And I'm kind of like, if Michelle Yeoh wasn't in it, I wouldn't probably even watch it. I'm not interested in it. And a lot of people don't seem like they're that interested in it. And they're going to do a Starfleet Academy show that uh, I'm not interested in. It seems like a lot of people aren't interested in. I, I think they should just do this instead. But I, I'm kind of hoping that Star Trek does what Star Wars has started to do, and and Marvel too, and to do a bunch of genres of shows. And so they don't. I would rather there be enough of them that it's okay if any given one isn't for me. Yes, I agree. I think the the word that is coming out is that they have they they have to significantly cut back because Paramount Plus isn't making money. And so uh, that was my understanding. Shocker. <laughs> my understanding. That's the reason that uh, Discovery is being canceled. And I'm like, oh, shucks. Uh, sorry to see it go. Not so much. Um, but it does like that's going to set the precedent that like is Strange New Worlds only going to be, you know, five seasons. And that's sad. Like, I think that's got legs to go seven seasons. Um, I don't know if in the timeline it has enough time to do seven seasons, but uh, it it definitely like I, I if that show stays on forever, I'd be happy. Yeah, I was gonna say you know by doing what uh, Marvel has done or Star Wars, or you said is what be bought by Disney and then be like flooded the you know the market's flooded by it. But I mean, there are enough Marvel and Star Wars shows at any given time that if there's one that doesn't resonate with you, just wait a minute and there'll be something else. 
Yeah, I don't think Disney sees it that way. I think they'll still buy it in the long run. <laughs> that would be fun if they own both Star Trek and Star Wars. Um, no, that- it would be terrible. <laughs> it would be fun. Look, I'm predicting it. I'll take it. I'll 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 make the bet within five years. I think it's a guarantee. I, hold I on. think. Hold on. Let me go. Let me go find the calendar. I'm going to mark it down. He's like, I'll take that bet. I think it's very interesting that the two, well, the two, I think, most fan love shows outside of Strange New World are um, Pleasant Card Season 3 and Lower Decks, which I, I totally don't get, but it's fine. Those are the two. Actually, it throws Strange New Worlds in there. It's the three shows that are people who are fans of the original shows running it. Um, and they're all very like nostalgic. And I think that a lot of people, their problem with this season of Picard is it's like, Oh, look at this. Do you remember this? Oh, look at this. I'm like, they're bringing back the whole fucking next gen crew. It's going to be nothing but nostalgia. Like that's the whole point. Like if you're mad about it, then you're watching the wrong thing. <laughs> like Clearly that's the whole point of doing this. So I, I don't know. I, I, part of me is sad that like everything has to be a reference to something else to, to be liked, but that seems like that's the only way to get the feeling right. So can I just skip season two and go right to season three, or am I going to miss plot points? Um, there is literally, um, if you just, the only thing that you need to know from season two is that seven of nine is in Starfleet now. And they don't tell you why that she just, she's, she's in Starfleet when you see her in season three. And as long as you're okay with that, that's fine. And that, um, well, no, because the only other thing you need to know is a spoiler. And if you didn't watch season two, then it didn't happen to you. So it's not it's not something that would be out of place. Seven of Nine was always in Starfleet. She was just on sabbatical when she was, uh, you know, out there hunting. And it's a cool it's a cool story arc for her because I think a lot of what they do this season is how uncomfortable she is being in Starfleet. Like, and um, I think that's it's very interesting. I also think. Picard season three introduces my favorite character that's been introduced in Trek in like the last 20 years. Um, he's freaking awesome. Cause it's basically like you put one of us on a starship. I, I, that was essentially him. Who did you say it was? I, I'm sorry. I missed it. Um, it's, it's the, he, he didn't, I didn't, oh. but it doesn't matter. He's the, uh, so they, they wind up on a starship and he is the captain of the starship. And, and, this is and he's season. a giant, and, he, and he's a giant fucking nerd. No, he's well, he's he is a wonderfully sarcastic, cynical asshole. And it's it's chef's kiss. It's amazing. And this is in season three. Yep. Like he is to me, if you took like after season one of Warville, where it was all like weird forced dick jokes and like season season two, where it's like, oh, this is funny because it's like real people in Star Trek. Um he is just a character from that and put in Star Trek, and it's wonderful. Did we ever go deep on season three of Orville? I've uh, still not seen any of the Orville. I watched it. I don't think we talked about it other than, like, I think I said, yeah, go watch it because it's amazing. Yeah, it was good. We, we finished it a few months ago. And, and still, the, I don't know if I can, how do I do it without spoiling it for Lyle? There's one thing there that still sticks with me. It, it's still hard to handle <laughs> okay um i'm trying to think of what it might be <laughs> it's been a while since i watched that season the thing i like about the orville season three is they let them end it in a way that if that's the end of the show i'm okay 
right? It doesn't have to go on anymore. If it does, I'm fucking stoked. But um, I'm where they ended. I'm like, cool. That's that's fine. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I if I'm fine with it. I mean, they they left it as a cliffhanger. Yeah, but it's like the kind of cliffhanger where you don't. It's almost like if you don't know how it ends, you just make up your own head cannon and you're fine. Like it's it's not. It's, oh, oh, you mean you mean like Battlestar Galactica, where you can make up your own ending and it'll be better than the one you, they gave you, dude. I I will I will stand the ending of Battlestar Galactica. I I think everybody's wrong about the ending of that show. I think it is totally on brand for what they did with that whole last season. It is it is exactly what I expected. Yeah, but that whole last season is a goddamn train wreck. I know, but I love it. I don't care. It's a good train wreck. It just gets fucking weird. Like it just it just let it be fucking weird and it's okay. Oh, you're down the Ohio River. Okay, that explains everything. Yeah, all the chemicals, yeah. And yet you didn't like the 1987 Dune. No, I love it for what it is. Oh, all right then. No, I mean like if David Lynch makes a movie, I I, I there's very few of his movies I haven't at least been like, well, that was an experience and in, having enjoyed the experience. I still can't believe they almost let him direct Return of the Jedi. That would have been a <laughs> I don't I don't even know what that would have been, but it would have been a thing. An experience? It would have been an experience. Could have taken Star Wars in a different direction. For fucking sure it would have. I mean, just imagine all the like Dune is David Lynch at his most toned down. Right. I, I know a lot of people talk about like Elephant Man and stuff like that as like his most mainstream movie. No, Dune is his most mainstream movie. And there is enough fucking weird shit in that that I'm like, yeah, this is still a David Lynch movie. Like, eh, imagine shit like that in Star Wars. It'd be kind of cool. I'm guessing that the Ewoks roasting the Imperial soldiers would have been revenge for earlier in the movie when the Imperial so- soldiers were roasting Ewoks. I mean, I think we would have saw a lot of weird shit like C-3PO, like I, it just covered in like Ewoks, I, like Ewok fur. I don't know. Like it would have just been the most surreal thing ever. And I'm kind of there for that. No, but I feel like if just going back to Picard, I feel like if you liked Next Gen at all, you should watch this because it is um, I think I've always had a problem with the fact that all good things is probably one of the best finales to a TV show ever. And then they went immediately. I, I mean, it's definitely the best Star Trek finale. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I think it's, good I mean, that's, that's not in general. A, and that's not really a high bar. The problem with Star Trek shows is they're so good and compelling. Even the ones that aren't great are still good enough that how do you land them? And the answer is other than all good things. The answer is not well. Yeah, I mean, pretty clearly. <laughs> See Enterprise here. Um, uh, no, no, the one I am, I will die mad about is Voyager. Is you, you guys know my misplaced love for Voyager, and I hate the ending of that. But just really? a lot. What do you hate about it? Hey, this Wait, this whole I thing not... we've spent the entire. Sorry, Pokey, have you not? I don't know if I've seen it or not. If I if I don't remember it at all, I, I remember a few episodes of Voyager from back when I was a kid. But we're we're still on Deep Space Nine right now. So so say what you like, but don't spoil it, please. Or I can tune out for a minute. Here, I'll do that. Okay, I was gonna say I can't say what I want to say without you. T- okay, he muted himself or and deafened, so we're good. The last the last two episode arc. It's like hey. All of the rules we have spent the last seven years at least nominally following, fuck that. Yeah, I can see that. 
I mean, we're gonna they, we're gonna we're gonna spend seven years fucking around doing a thing, and then in the last episode, be like, you know what? Nah, it's perfectly in character for Janeway. I just don't like yes. it. I mean, that whole episode is just like a masterclass in like how questionable Janeway's decisions are at times. I mean, that's kind of the whole plot of that is like old me is gonna go back in time and fuck shit up. All right, I think is that enough? Can we tell Pokey to go back? Yeah, I'm just it, it makes me mad. Um, hang on one second. I I will tell you that uh, the finale of Voyager uh does play a part in Picard season three. You know, I when I muted myself, I just remembered that sometimes I don't see it when somebody types in the chat window. I don't think we ever solved that problem. That would have been funny if you just never came back. That's what might add. You guys would have had to text me or something. No, but like I was saying, I think that like that's the best finale of of a Star Trek show for sure. Then they immediately proceeded to make, you know, uh, several shitty movies and one, you know, decent movie in the middle. But like, especially Nemesis is just like the worst way to say goodbye to those characters. And they fixed it. Now, like we've seen these characters together again. Everything's good. I can let it go. But they also like um, because Seven of Nines in it. There's 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 Voyager stuff in it. There's definitely DS9 stuff in it. It's just sort of like a big, like, hey, we like Star Trek. And we like that golden age of, like, next gen all the way up to Voyager. We're, we're going to talk about, actually, even Enterprise. They, there's at least one Enterprise reference in, in the show, too. I'm, so I'm really looking forward to it. We just haven't gotten the mental space to start that yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's... There's been a lot of good stuff on like just recently, so it's it's been hard to find time. But I that was at the top of my list every week. That we're 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 not even always watching good stuff. We're we're currently in a when we can't brain, but we want to just have something on to enjoy. We're re- rewatching Supernatural. Oh well, that'll take you like six years. Uh huh. I don't know. We're already in season three or four. I just I don't understand. That's not a thing that like we do as a, like a couple. We don't like sit and watch things. Yeah, we don't do a lot of that either. It's it's my wife will sit and watch TV. She watches it every night. I I don't watch a lot of TV, but if I'm in the room, she'll ask me if I want to watch a Star Trek. And sometimes I'm in the mood, sometimes I'm not. And if I'm not, she'll put on headphones and watch her show. You know, unless it's if it's a show that might disturb me or if I'm working on something. Yeah, we usually wind up if we do watch something together. It's um. We watch it separate and then we talk about it like because we just our schedules are so backwards sometimes that we just we don't we don't have time or when we do have time we get home and we're exhausted and we just we can't <laughs> sit if I sit still for more than five minutes I'm gonna go to sleep. Hey Tosh, has anyone told you maybe you're doing too much? Um, I've told myself that many times. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you're you're getting good advice. You're just not following it. I mean, story of my life. Yeah, but we learned in the last episode that Taj's wife is not one of those people. Who giving me good advice? No, telling you that you're doing too much. No, she is like for sure. She's definitely telling me that. Oh, you said she kept reminding you you had to do stuff over your vacation. Y- yeah, I mean, but that stuff has to be done. So I mean, <laughs> it's one of those like, well, yeah, we should take a break, but we we can't. We have too much. To but do. also, we can't. Like she's just like me. She has as, as much stuff to do as I do. So we, it's just you know making things pot, work. pot, kettle. Yeah. It's just life. It's just part of life. That's with the family. It's what you got to do. Word. Hey, Pokey, speaking of uh, us making bets, which I did enter into my calendar, have you have you gotten any bets to pay off recently? 
I have paid off a bet recently. Yes, I um, I I made a stupid bet with my son, uh, and if I won, he had to bring my grandson to see me for my birthday, and if I lost, I had to go see them. So I went to California for my birthday and visited with my son and my grandson for a couple of days. That's pretty awesome. It was really expensive. You know what a procrastinator I am. It would have cost me a third to a half if I had, you know, bought the tickets immediately and and planned and gone to the right airport. It just it was a very expensive bet. Yeah, I mean, cross country sucks all the time. Yeah, the flights weren't so bad. It was um it was what it was. Um the final flight that I had, the flight from and I had a layover in each direction, but the flight from uh, Salt Lake City to Boston um, there was some real bad turbulence in the air, and uh, our pilot got us through it very quickly, got us around it um, for the most part, got us out of a real bad spot of it. Like, it it looked like a, a movie where there's an airplane disaster going on. We were just fucking bouncing around in that plane. Um, he got us out of that real quick, and then there was another spot of it that was pretty much unavoidable, um, but it was not nearly as bad as the first one. And then... You know, we once we got out of that and we landed the touchdown. It was probably the softest touchdown I've I've ever been on. Not that I've been on a lot of planes or had a lot of experiences, but it was a, a very nice landing. So, where in California did you wind up? <laughs> um, hold on a second. I got to look that up. <laughs> I I forget where he lives. I I landed in Sacramento. Somehow, oh. I picked Sacramento as my destination on, on Oregon switch to it or something. Uh, the way that you say that, was it the wrong choice? Oh yes. Yeah. It was about a three hour drive from Sacramento to my son's apartment. Uh, I mean, depending on where you are in California, that's not super uncommon. <laughs> like sometimes there aren't any good airports, at least major ones. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He lives under an airport, but I couldn't find any flights to it. Um, again, last minute, had I planned it, had, had I, um, you know, bought the tickets the day that I lost the bet, I, I'm sure I could have found something, but, or maybe not. Cause it had to be for my birthday. So that the time frame was specific, but who knows? Was the bet itself interesting at all that you want to share or not? No, it was not interesting in the least. He, um, I was bitching about something, I think glasses, I think I broke a glass and and said now I got to go buy a new set of tumblers and he said just go to uh Marshalls and get one and I haven't been in a, a like a brick and mortar retail store I thought they were all gone and I laughed and I said where, where the hell is there still a Marshalls it's impl- like how am I going to do that and he said oh there's one down in in thus and such a town and it's a booming town at the moment. It has been for about 10 years. So if there was going to be a Marshalls in existence, it would have been that town, but I didn't believe that there was a Marshalls in existence anymore. So I said, there's no way. And that was the bet. And of course there was one there. Somehow Marshalls has survived the the death of retail. Aren't they part of the TJX brands? Yeah, they are. Somehow TJX has survived. I I have no idea how this happened. I I don't know, but Several people in my family very much enjoy shopping there. So, okay, Monterey is where he's he's at. So I had to drive from Sacramento to Monterey. Anyone who's familiar with California can can go ahead and laugh at my expense. And it sounds like there was a lot of expense. 
Oh, dude, so expensive. It was unbelievable. California is unbelievably expensive. I, I needed, I was out with my grandson. It was just the two of us, and I needed to get some food in him. So I stopped at the first restaurant that I saw. It was heavy traffic. I just wanted to get out of the traffic, too. So I basically just stopped at the first restaurant I saw, and it was a, it was a fish place, a seafood place, and they, they had beautiful oysters that they were, I was cracking and chucking, but I didn't think my nephew would eat any of that, so I just ordered a place of spaghetti. Not even meatballs, just spaghetti and red sauce, and it was like $31. That seems like a lot of dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty California, though. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, but I, w- I would expect it to be like gluten-free pasta with an heirloom tomato sauce and fresh-picked basil. It was a seafood place. It was not an Italian place. It was, you know, okay, spaghetti fair. and red sauce is not, you know, their their speciality. It was just I saw it on the sign, the sandwich board out front. So, and it was funny too because it's a, my son told me it's a pretty popular place, which I had already figured out because when we went in, um, there was not a table for us, but we sat at the bar. I was surprised they let you know three year old sit at the bar with his grandson and. Uh, when we left, the line was at the door. There was no line when we got there. When we left, there was a line and it was down the block. It was, I, there must have been 40 people standing there. Yeah, I'm bracing for, I have to be in San Francisco for a week in July. So <laughs> I'm trying to get ready for that now. I mean, if they're sending you, they should be expensing everything, right? Um, To a certain extent, like we get per diem, but it, it doesn't go very far. Um, So what they typically do is they will um because we'll have kids with us uh they'll uh do like trips every night to take us to eat and then they can pay for the whole trip but then we don't get per diem but then everything's covered so it's it's sort of like this game of us trying to like figure out what the most cost effective way of doing it is which way can i bend the rules that is the most beneficial Uh, yeah yeah for sure well sacramento was a lovely airport to drive in and out of and that's Maybe the closest one to San Francisco. No, no, there's no. There, there's an airport in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Is, uh-huh. it, is it a nightmare of an airport, or is it any good? I've it's, never it's had been any over problems. a de- it, it's been over a decade since I've been there, so I can't answer that other than it's it's huge. Which, if you don't mind large airports that are well done, I don't think it's a problem, and I think it's right on their like public train transit. It is. You basically it's right on the, the it's right on the BART, isn't it? Yeah, we 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 get off the plane, go downstairs, get on the BART, and then I'm I can literally get off right in front of the hotel we're staying at. Nice. Yeah, well, it's California. They don't seem to have any public indecency laws. <laughs> so, what's a zombie class, Lyle? A real fucking dope thing that I've been doing. I was hanging out on Discord in one of the many that I'm in. And somebody mentioned that they were, you know, teaching a zombies in like folklore and pop culture class. And I looked at it and I looked at what it was going to cost me to take it. And I'm like, this seems fun enough that it's worth that amount of money to me, especially because the the intention there is to really do some like media analysis of it. And that's something I'm not good at. And so I wanted the experience. And so it was a bunch of media I'm already familiar with. And then looking at all of the various levels of, I'm, I'm missing the words here, just all the all the different stories they're telling with the stories they tell. Because I'm already familiar with the source text, I'm not, you know, experiencing it for the plot. And so I can actually start thinking about what other things they're trying to say. 
The subtext. Yes, that. The deeperness. So deep. That's what she said. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, it started out with... Um, it's It's all been zombie media that I'm already familiar with. The biggest stretch for me has been um, one of them that's actually for later in the in the course is the book of a movie that I had already seen. And I've already started listening to the book and it's even better than the movie. World War Z? No. That book is better than the movie, but I, that's not in the class. Like, the movie is only, like, they have the same name. A, ca- a couple of the characters are vaguely similar with the same names. Here ends the similarities. That's what the guys on the book pile said. They were like, this is unbelievable. It's not It's not even close to the same thing. It's the same name. Yep. I didn't even mind the movie, but they're only barely related. No, this is, uh, it's a movie and a book called The Girl with All the Gifts. And it's fucking fantastic. I did get to, I did one of the like supplemental movies, not actually part of the coursework, but because I had already seen everything that was part of the coursework, I decided, and I already owned the movie, I decided I'd watch it as part of it anyway, was Return of the Living Dead. Ah, yes. That movie is so 80s. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it is a, um, it, it, it is a, like, a fine cheese, that, that movie. Uh, it's, it's an acquired taste. In, in, in that it stinks? Oh, yeah. But it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was bad in some really good ways. What blows my mind about that movie, and spe- specifically that movie, is how much that one movie, which is like a side sequel to the most famous zombie movie ever, has itself changed pop culture's interpretation of zombies in such a short time. Like, it, it's kind of amazing. I agree. Because for anyone not aware, that's where the zombies eat brains thing comes from. And zombies who can talk. Yeah, that too. It definitely felt less um, deep than the um, of the dead. Oh, yeah. Not less fun, but definitely less deep. And I think that was kind of sort of the schism was that Russo just wanted to make a fun movie. Well, from what I re- what I remember hearing, in the, in, they talked about some in the class, Russo didn't want to make movies. He wanted to make books. And then someone else took his book and made a movie out of it. Yeah. Romero wanted to keep making movies, and Russo wanted to make books. Someone just took one of his books and turned around and made a movie out of it anyway. And then made another one. And made another one. And made another one. And God, made another one. How many Return of the Living Dead sequels are there? I know there's are, at least three are, or four. Are any of them worth... Assuming I enjoyed watching the first one, are any of the rest of them worth watching? If I remember correctly, the second one was sort of the same idea, but funnier. Um, and then they just like... God, How? Yeah, no, I mean... It it's was just, already funny. It it just goes straight comedy. Um, I think that was the next one. And then some of them, like, just become, like, super fucking serious, like, out of nowhere. I, it's it, it's a weird... I, I've seen a lot of them, uh, but I think the first one is good. I think the second one was, was entertaining as well. I'm looking, the first I'm one looking is, them up. The first one is simultaneously super funny and very nihilistic. Oh yes, it's a very like '80s punk ideal. Like it's 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 a thing. And it's like Dan O'Bannon like directing a movie. Yeah, there's at least five sequels, and I think three is when they start to like take themselves seriously. So that's when I should check out. Yeah, because I think after three, I mean, even maybe three, I think may have been direct to video. I think all the other ones after that were too as well. 
anything trying to take itself seriously is probably not for me. Yeah, no, especially this. It just should should have just been a comedy. Like it, yeah. The blatant nihilism just made me laugh. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, even if the listeners and even if Pokey doesn't, Taj, you know how hilarious I find nihilism. Anyway, <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> I was reading the trivia to the sequel, Return of the Living Dead Two, and the top trivia thing is. Tom Matthews disliked the sequel so much that he said the best part about making the film was the outstanding craft services. <laughs> That's a lot of people say that about a lot of films. I'm hoping I'm hoping that's the director. No, it's one of the characters, but still, that's funny. Oh, something I excuse me, something I had been wanting to say, I've been meaning to say, the uh, the Gundam that you painted, Lyle, and used as the album art last. Last episode, that was bitching album art. Every time I opened my my uh, little MP3 player uh, app on my phone, that that came up and it just looked dope. It was really nice looking, even in miniature. Even the like you didn't even know it was in the picture. Just the shape was was really cool looking. Uh, I, that one I didn't paint. I assembled just for clarity. You composed the picture. The picture made really good album art. It was really really cool. Ah, okay. I did, I did, in fact, compose the picture. Wait, 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 wait. Somebody put effort into the show? I'm sorry. I, I, won't, I won't let it happen too often. God damn it. Also, also, I didn't take the picture for the show. I used a picture I had already taken. So, it, no, I did not put effort into the show. I put effort into something else and then reused it for the show. I'll allow it. It, it happens a couple of times a year anyway. And, you know, whatever. We'll sit in the penalty box for it. But that's what happens. I just saw your calendar invite for Disney by Star Trek in uh, April of 2028, and it scares me how that's five years away. That seems like tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I did hit my head because I was just about to ask Lyle what's the date of the termination of that bet since he looked at the calendar already. I mean, I did it five years from today. Yeah, that's why it would have been the stupidest question I've ever asked. No, no, that's not the stupid. <laughs> it, it has to come close. What would the date be five years from today? Taj, that's, I think that's the stupidest question I've ever asked. If I've asked a stupider question than that, I'd like to know what it is. All right, crowdsourcing. Anybody who would like to pull the dumbest questions that Pokey's asked on the show and make a clip, I will totally air it. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere out there, somebody just said challenge accepted. Doesn't even have to be from this show. Okay, I did ask a stupider question once when I was five, and I, she's still crying. I think I've told that story here before. Don't know. Five-year-old Pokey sounds interesting. I asked one of my sister's friends if she was pregnant, or was she just fat? Oh, I don't know if it was a stupid question. Maybe a misguided question, or a poorly worded question. Yeah, I still... It's, it's one of the few things in life that I'll allow myself to regret, because... You know, causality-wise, it wouldn't change too much on my end, but it, you know, might have not hurt someone. Yeah. I've read a lot of time travel stories or, or listened to time travel audiobooks, so, you know, I, I'm a big subscriber to causality, so I don't allow myself to regret things that, you know, if I ever stepped into a time machine and went and changed them, they would, you know... Chain, you know, one of my kids wouldn't be born, or, or all of my kids would be just shit like that. I don't, I don't allow myself to regret, no matter how painful the the journey was. 
I don't know. I regret a lot of shit. So, <laughs> but I just, I just, I'm just okay with it. Speaking of regrets, Lyle, who this? I think I know where you're going, but it's not regrets. You don't regret getting a new phone. I always regret getting a new phone. Nah, my uh, OnePlus was starting to lag more than I found acceptable. So I now have a Pixel 7 Pro. Is nice. Is very nice. I picked up somebody's, I, I forget what the situation was. Somebody had a newer Android phone and I picked it up because they didn't know how to do something. And I was like, oh, I know how to do it. And they handed it to me and I didn't know how to do it because I was like, Android is so fucking different now. Yeah, it just keeps changing. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I don't like about it. <laughs> that's why I'm still on like ancient Android. I don't mind a lot of the changes they've made, but some of them are just obnoxious. Well, and I think some of them are not discoverable. Like some of the yeah. gesture stuff, like a kid will walk up and do something. I'm like, what, what the fuck did you just do? Like, <laughs> how did that work? You usually, if you get a new phone or they push a, an update like that, the first time you do something, it'll say, hey, there's a gesture for that now. But you're in the middle of doing something, and there's no way to get that back. Like, it just recently did something to me. I, I went to um, I went to pull a picture into a text, and it asked me how I wanted the, the rendering to be done, the, the compression for size to be done. And I selected the wrong thing, and it didn't work, and I have no idea how to find that selection again or that preference again and selected a different way. There's no, there's no menu in the text application or I just, I have no idea how to fix it. I, and now I just have to select the pictures and push them into a text instead of pulling them in. Yeah. I just, when I get a new phone, I'll learn it all. It's just whenever I get handed a phone and I'm like, Oh, I, Oh, I don't know how this, this, I don't, I have no idea. And that's another thing that really bothers me about, Android is if something goes desperately wrong, like the system gets laggy, like Lyle said, the only thing I can do that's that I know is a hundred percent, unless I screw it up, but that it's a hundred percent reliable is to get a whole new phone and transfer everything. You can't just wipe it out and trust that you've, uh, you know, backed up all your data because it's not stored in a home folder like Linux is. Yep. You know, with Linux, as long as you make a copy of your home folder, you're fine. Go ahead and blow that hard drive. Well, you can shoot the hard drive, do a fresh install on a different hard drive from a new installed disk, a different version of Linux. Doesn't matter. You've got your data. Your data is there. It doesn't go. It doesn't break that rule. But Android breaks it all the time. Well, I think that falls under the category of like Android is not Linux. Like it is, but it's not like it is its own beast. The history guy is a YouTube guy and a YouTube channel. He did a good episode earlier this week on the history of supercomputers. It was super interesting. Unix got a mention. I don't think Linux did, but it was still a very cool episode. Through the magic of truncate silence, the, listen the good listeners at home will not know this, but we have found ourselves in a little bit of a lull, so this seems like an opportune time to take an intermission. Let's all go to the bathroom. Let's all go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, wow. We were on Interpition. I found those YouTube links I had mentioned earlier. It was Jones' big-ass truck rental and storage. And he had a couple of them. Another funny one was Jones' big-ass barbecue and foot massage. Sometimes I take notes on toilet paper. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, you know, Taj. You know, you know what we forgot at the top of the show? Oh, feedback? Feedback. Yeah, we got some beautiful feedback this month. We have feedback from all kinds of channels, too. Well, let's talk about it. Let's all talk about feedback. Let's all talk about feedback. <laughs> Sorry, shouldn't have stole your song, Lyle. Well, I guess I gotta clip that now, too. It, it'll it be less work in theory. <laughs> yeah. So, which one do we want first? I've only seen one of them, so that would be the email. Oh, we also got feedback from IRC. Oh. And you seem to not be in the channel right now. Oh, I guess I'm, for some reason, not in the channel. Damn you, not that, any, not that Not that anything happens in IRC anymore. Yeah, unfortunately. We got some more fantastic feedback from Biku. Yes, we did. Uh, and then both Windigo and rmccurdy.com have reached out over IRC. Do apologize. While I'm always signed in there, I am not always at my computer. I don't, I don't know if I'm doxing him, but I think R. McCurdy is operator. Okay. Guess I'll find out. <laughs> and then my, my good buddy Gil also reached out on Signal. Uh, it, 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 was a, uh, it, w- it was a 420 miracle. He managed to get all the way caught up. He it required 420. The, it, uh, he, he received the blessings of uh, Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. Nope. Yes, that. Literally. <laughs> so yeah, folks, we, uh, we do love hearing from you. Always makes me smile. Yeah. Um, can we do album of the month now? Sure. Taj, it was your album. Why don't you go ahead with it? Uh, I picked Bill Withers' Live at Carnegie Hall. It's an album. It's good. What you think? I think it was fucking awesome. I loved it. It was. It's it's one of my favorite albums now. It's, it made the list. It, it wasn't just good. It was awesome. You win album of the month. Well, that's not the usual response I get. Although when I do get it from you, it's usually like way over the top. Yeah, I know. Yeah, when we agree on music, we, we seem to very agree. Yeah, this this was great. There was maybe one song on this that I did a you know didn't care for. It was kind of a, a love slow song, you know, whatever. It was it was it was a product of its time, I'll say. Um the rest of this was very unique, um, very catchy, very listenable. Um, I kept, I was sitting in my chair and I kept thinking that someone was walking up the driveway because I kept seeing motion out of the side of my eye, but it was just because there was something near the window and I kept bopping my head and not realizing it. (laughs) It was, this was good. This was really good. Well, I'm glad you liked it that much. Yeah, there were a couple of songs that, started out i won't say weak but just i didn't like the start of the songs and just as i was getting ready to skip them it it got good so even even that was cool so yeah i I gave it a couple of listens and it's definitely going in the rotation it's 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 a great it's maybe my favorite album that either you guys has picked so far wow okay like better than proto men um, it's maybe tied with Proto Men. It might be better than Proto Men because I bet he's got more of a back catalog that I can go check out. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's up there with Proto Men. It's up there with Doctor Steel. Um, that wasn't one of you guys, obviously. Um, yeah, I can't think of any others that I liked as much. What'd you think, Lyle? I do not think I was in the right headspace to listen to this album. Sometimes things just don't land with me. I'm not in a place to be receptive to it. I only got through a couple of tracks, and I'm just like, this is not for me right now. I'm going to put it on the back burner and come back when I'm more in the the mood for it. Everything sounded like it was technically very good. It just was not. It was me, not the album. That's understandable. And for me, that happens a lot where sometimes like music or games or something, I'll just like everything about it is fine, except I am not in a place to engage with it for some reason or another. And it doesn't land. And then I come back later and I'm like, oh, this was very good. So I'm going to not forget about this and come back later. The only thing I'll say, and I didn't even realize this the first time through, uh, listen with both earbuds because there's some parts of this that are in stereo that only come through on one side, which I didn't yeah, I, realize the first time because it seemed to be only one guitar in my left ear that, and I was using my right earbud at the time. Uh, I, I never don't do that, so easy sneezy. But I appreciate the uh, heads up. Yeah, or just down mix it to mono if, if for anyone listening who doesn't like to listen with, with headphones or with two earbuds. It's it's weird because I thought Android automatically did that if you were only listening to one earbud, but it apparently didn't. So did we ever decide how we're doing this? Because I know we talked about switching up whose turn it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lyle's excited about an album, so I, I will happily defer to him. Well, it's, it's not an album. I'm excited about a band. Mostly, I this is the first time I've listened to something and wanted to share it because I thought you guys might enjoy it. You know, it's, nope. I'm not I'm not thinking about the things that I know and thinking about what to share. This is I heard a thing and I'm like, oh, I have to share this immediately. And the pitch that I sent you earlier so that everyone's aware of what just so everyone's heard. It. So, uh, folks, there, there we had generally positive results from listening to Glory Hammer. Folks, I, I seem to remember everyone not disliking it, at least. That is fair. Liking it for what it was. How's about that? But it's uh, Tolkien Dwarves. How does that sound to you guys? Well, as I said in our uh, text chat when you brought it up, it sounds familiar. It sounds like I may have come across this while I was checking out Glory Hammer. Um, And kind of, I think I just assumed that you guys must have also, because that's how YouTube typically works. But maybe not. I mean, obviously not if you didn't see it. But I didn't go real deep, so I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to checking out a curated selection. So this this is a band by the name of Windrose. We're going to go with one of their older albums called Winter Saga, specifically because it has the first of the song of theirs that I have heard that I think is a cover that they did of an old Minecraft-inspired song called Diggy Diggy Hole. <laughs> it's hilarious to me that that's now an old song. That's because we're old, Pokey. Yeah, you cannot stop the march of time. So yes, the, um, for some reason, um, the Instagram album has shown me many, many videos of them singing, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I have to share these guys. And so I, I just, I think they're very funny. Okay, yeah, they got it on Amazon on CD. I have one better for you. Oh, yeah, is it on Bandcamp? It's on Bandcamp. That's where I was going to link to it. Oh, that's even better. I didn't spot that one yet. Oh, shame on me. It's above Amazon. I don't know how I missed it on my search results. Whoa, and it's cheap. Oh, because it's digital. It's cheaper. Yeah, of course. 
I might still have to buy the CD on Amazon just, just for the artwork. This probably has a fold-out book. Good pick, Lyle, I suspect. I'm looking forward to it. I, I just I listened to it, and I thought that folks would, in, would enjoy the share. So here it is. Hey, Taj. Yes. I think it's time. Okay. I'm waiting for Look you to tell me what door. it is. Look at my laser door. Oh, that. I was looking for the button, Lyle. I knew what you were talking about. I, too, was looking for the button. But that could qualify for two of our things. Like... Three. Uh, two and a half? Yes, I agree. So, uh, season three of Mando finished up. Yes, Which it did. I was surprised to learn that there was a season three, because I forgot there was even a season two. Yeah, but Pokey, you don't like Star Wars. You like was... making fun of Star Wars. I was like, no offense, Pokey, but that kind of tracks. Yeah, but I, I kind of liked Mandalorian, and I'm pretty sure I watched season two and thought it was still season one. I think you guys told me that. That also tracks. You also thought season two was matter most. <laughs> I, well, only, only twice, to, to, in my defense. <laughs> Anyways. So, heck yes, it finished up. I thought it was very good. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was good, too. And I know a lot of people didn't like it and thought it was, like, not great. And I'm kind of like, I, I, I think, I don't know what people want from the show. It, it's... I kind of dig the fact that it's just like all these little side stories put together. And I, I, I didn't imagine a better season three of Mandalorian. So maybe that's the problem is I just didn't imagine something better. I can, I only have one legitimate criticism with this season. Go on. They have an episode with both Jack Black and Lizzo starring in it. And nobody fucking sings. I heard that was a train wreck of an episode. No, it's really good. Cause Christopher Lloyd's in it and he fucking kills it. Oh Yeah. But is he really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's one of my favorites. Wow, that might wow. It's a great episode. Whoever said it was a train wreck is is just wrong. It's I mean, it's it's a side story, but that's what the Mandalorian is. It's all these little side stories that kind of like the the, the formula for every season is the same. All these little things that kind of are roughly interconnected, but not really. And then the last two episodes are fucking balling. And it's just like everything hits at the same time. And that's what this was like. That episode was like a side quest, like a uh, detective story thing. Like, and the fact that those characters were in it was just like, they're in it for like two or three minutes and the rest of the episode was great. Yeah. But, I mean, but they had Jack black and they had Lizzo and they didn't get either of them to sing. Not that I'm a huge Lizzo fan, but you know, it's Jack black and then someone else who is also known for singing. Yeah, but Jack Black singing is is instant. Like, okay, I'm. This is not Star Wars anymore. <laughs> Jack Black as that character singing, I agree. But they could have done something different with him. Fair enough. I just want to congratulate Disney on making the only scene from Spaceballs that was that still holds up true. And that was the, the merchandising scene because my wife has got a baby Yoda plastic cup that she now is her water cup. I don't know where it came from. I have no idea. But I mean, the, the merchandise is everywhere. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I have vinyl cling Star Wars cookie window stickers that come out at Christmas time. There are Chewbacca and R2-D2 and Baby Yoda plush dolls behind me. 
that look that are the shape of eggs. There's like any any tie-in you can imagine. There is a Star Wars thing of it. It's it's rule thirty-two point five for the internet. Do you mean thirty-four point five? Yeah, sorry, thirty-four point five. My bad. That is if a- it exists, there is a Star Wars of it. That is, that is very close proximity to something very different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say, rule thirty-four also applies. Yeah, I'm just like let's just move it out to like rule fifty-three. No, no, rule 53 is it was always DNS. Oh, uh, I thought that was rule zero. No, no, it, it's rule 53 because DNS runs on UDP 53. Nerd. Taj, I'm a nerd professionally. That's yeah, you, you out-nerded both of us on that one. Uh, usually when I do that, I do it on purpose. This time, I didn't. That's yeah, just I know. instinctual for me. <laughs> I know, but the way you said it was like, don't you guys know this? Isn't this obvious to everyone? I'm sorry. I did not mean to be that kind of jerk, but that that is what was going on in my brain. It's like I I thought that I was making an obvious joke. I'm sorry. No, it's hilarious. It's perfect. <laughs> Got him noobed. That, that reminds me of my favorite. That reminds me of my favorite networking joke. Do I tell you, I tell you a UDP joke, but you might not get it. That one I get. I don't get it, but I I can suss it out. Well, because UDP doesn't have any kind of, like, reliability built into the protocol. It's spray and pray. Gotcha. You tell, that in a, tell that in a group of people who pr- think that they're good at networking or no, understand computer networking. The people who laugh are actually good at it, and the people who get offended, you, you can just avoid them. That Mando, though. Yeah. Hey, Taj. Yo. Who exactly is the Mandalorian? Ah, anybody can be the Mandalorian. Or at least that's what they've said in interviews. I think they were hedging their bets in case they lose uh, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> like, I mean, clearly in the past has been Den, and now, uh, like this season was clearly like, I, I I would venture to say that the main character of this season is Bo-Katan, <laughs> like without question, and they're setting it up to be Grogu, like that he is the Mandalorian. Uh huh. And I'm there for that. We were watching, and Pokey, do you mind if we spoil this? We we pushed the spoiler button, but oh, please do. When when Bo-Katan actually gets the dark saber back for real, I'm like bouncing up and down on the couch with my wife, like, but but the, but the, but the, and she's like, why are you so excited? She's got a glowy sword. I'm like, like, yeah, but, she does. But 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 she had it before, but she got it the wrong way, and it went so badly, and now she gets a chance to do it the right way. And also, Katie Stackoff is amazing. Yeah, for true, man. Like she she has not been on my TV. Uh, recently enough, but just I mean, need to get her in. Just need to get her in Star Trek, and then she'll have gotten like the hat trick of good sci-fi property. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I can't think of what else. I mean, maybe like like Doctor Who spot or something. Yeah, I mean they're doing more Star Trek. We can figure out somewhere to get her in. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I I am excited about where this season leaves us because I know that we're getting the big like Mandoverse movie. And I think that that is what I'm excited about. And I mean, they did a lot of setup work for the Ahsoka show and the Mandoverse stuff without feeling like they were doing a lot of setup for it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's basically just a mention, and that's it. Uh, that of the of like the fact that they fleshed out the Imperial Remnant and the, that that is a thing that they have finally like brought back from Legends in a real way. 
instead of just saying, oh, well, it's the Empire and then the First Order happens. Like the fact that we get that transitional period that was in the books now, um, I'm really excited about. You mean because they've done something, anything more interesting than somehow Palpatine returned? Yes. Well, and I mean, it's like there are people in the Shadow Council that become the people of the new first order and there are people there that like if they go the route that they're going to go um it, it seems like very clearly they're they're planning on pulling at least some aspects of the thrawn trilogy like the old one in um that like some of the imperial remnant actually winds up kind of being the good guys like pelion we got to see him like for real in the flesh and it's like oh well he actually is kind of a good guy in the long run yeah, the Thrawn series specifically always makes me feel so conflicted because I know Thrawn is not a good guy, and yet anytime he's on the page, he's the one I'm rooting for because it's Thrawn and he's amazing. Well, and they have the chance. I mean, spoilers for like a 30 year old book series, like they killed Thrawn at the end of the, that trilogy and had to bring him back in other novels just because he was such a cool character. Um, they don't have to do that this time, right? Like, uh huh. Thrawn could literally just be a good guy he could come back and like, he's been hanging out with Ezra. Maybe it rubbed off and it's like, Oh, well, you know what? Maybe this isn't so bad though. Given the novels, I'm not sure that I buy that. Well, it seems granted. I haven't read the last ascendancy book yet. Okay. You, after you do that, you will like, I spent the entire, I, I listened to the entire ascendancy set in like two weeks. Um, and I spend the whole time fig trying to figure out how does he go from, like, where does Thrawn break gap? bad? No, does Thrawn break bad? What's going on? How does he bridge this gap? Trying to understand, trying to figure out the Thrawn that you get in the books versus the Thrawn you get in the later books where he's working with the Empire. And I'm just trying to understand the logical leap there. And in like the last chapter of the last book, you get it. Interesting. Because it seems like from what I've read, it totally makes sense for him to join the Empire because he's just looking for somebody to help him take out the Grisk. Like, who is the next biggest power that I can ally with to make sure that my ass is covered? I'm interested if it's more than that. Uh, I'm not going to answer that question. N not that cool. you actually asked a question, but I'm not going to answer it. No, I need to read the book. Yep, you do. Besides, I mean, if you read the first two Ascendancy books, I think it's absolutely worth it because it's they're good stories. It is. I didn't particularly enjoy the second ascendancy book and i think that's why i moved on to other things um but i need to go back although i think we buried the lead um because celebration has happened since the last episode um lars mickelson is totally going to be live action thrawn and that is the best choice did they have any pictures of him as it or did they just announce it they there is a picture that's floating around because apparently they showed the ahsoka trailer they released it that day to the internet the next day when they announced him, they had another trailer that they only showed to the people at Celebration that had him in it. Um, and that exists out there on the Internet if you're looking for it. OK, because the one that I saw, I think, was the, the one that they showed to everybody, which has his back, but not like him. Yeah, no, he, he straight up looks at the camera in, in the trailer that's, that they showed everybody else. And it plays well because, I mean, his a his voice, like his talking voice is kind of Thrawn's voice. Like he just talks like that normally. And he he looks like an older Thrawn. Like he just kind of looks the part anyways. And I'm, I'm genuinely interested in what happens with Thrawn and Ezra. 
knowing just sort of the way that Thrawn's been characterized, I don't think there's a way for him to not have at least a begrudging respect for him. Uh huh. So it's like, and and we know that like in the Ahsoka show, there are two Jedi's running around like out of nowhere. So I, I, who knows? I I'm I'm at this point wondering is does Ezra come back and he's on Thrawn's side, like that he gets pulled over to Thrawn. I'm I'm trying to think in actual canon. Have we seen Thrawn in canon, counting the novels, later than Rebels? Or is the Rebels appearance his nope, like, latest? That's one of the reasons why I feel like they're if they do kind of make the Thrawn trilogy as this movie, I do think they off him at the end. Just because he is too powerful to have not been around during the sequel trilogy. Now they can make him be a good guy and still off him. Like there, there's, there's just lots of cool possibilities to do with him. Oh, I mean, or he could be busy with the Grisk. Yeah, he could just totally be like, "Yo, peace out. I'm going back to the Chiss." Like y'all, this this whole Empire thing got fucked up. Like, <laughs> although it sounds like he is at least in contact with Pelion, and that like he is pulling the strings from somewhere. That I mean, that also sounds like a Thrawn thing to do. Yeah, for sure. I'm just kind of excited. Like for the first time in a while, I've been excited about like all the things in the future of Star Wars, like all the stuff they announced at Celebration. Now, granted, all the movies, God only knows if we will ever see them because we've had like 30 movies announced and none of them have ever happened. Like they all get canceled. But the fact the three movies that they announced, all of them, I'm at least interested in seeing. I'm not sure that the the like. Ray New Jedi Order movie is gonna be great, but I'll watch it. Like I'm I'm there to see if they can do something with it. But like the other two, like the Dawn of the Jedi and this Mandoverse movie, like sign me up. Like put that in my veins. Yeah, New Jedi Order is Ray New Jedi Order is the one I am the least interested in. Yeah, for sure. Which which is not to say that I'm not gonna show up and watch it. I think the saving grace of it could be that if you get her back and you get uh John Boyega back to be Finn. If you play this right, like you could have a new Jedi Order that is them, that is Ahsoka running around, that is Cal Kestis running around, that is Grogu running around. Like you could kind of pull all these threads together at that future point, which would be interesting. You mean they could or, actually they could actually fix the Jedi Order? Yeah, and like fuck it, bring Ezra. Like all these characters that we know are, are kicking around right now that are Jedi or at least have Jedi powers, like have them actually Jedi adjacent. Jedi. Yeah. Like have them actually figure it out and, and like, give me a star Wars movie with Jedi shit. That's not lame. Um, yeah, I, I, I would be there for that. I don't have faith in them to actually do that, but if they do, who, who, who's, be awesome. who's nominally directing that one. I did. They say who was doing that one. I think they just said it was a thing. I don't think they, maybe they did. Hang on. Okay. Cause that's a very big, it depends on who's doing it, how likely it is to, turn out well because i know the guy that is doing um uh uh the new indiana jones movie is doing the like dawn of the jedi thing which that should be good because he's done uh he he did um uh logan <laughs> so like oh jesus yeah that that's gonna I be love logan oh it's the person directing that movie is charmin obey i don't know who that is they have an oscar though that's good, at least. Maybe. Yeah. I don't... Apparently, she does documentaries, I guess. I, okay. Interesting. I, that's that's a way to go. 
I mean, I guess the question is, do they cross the streams and bring kind of the Mandoverse Filoni people into the Skywalker saga? And on one hand, yes, please. And on the other hand, maybe no, don't. I mean, I think I think if they're there and they're still around, like if if you get done with this movie and there's they're still around, I think it's dumb for them not to be there in the future. You know what I'm saying? The the one exception I think is maybe Grogu, because I think the way they're setting it up, Grogu's like going to be a Mandalorian. Maybe not like he'll have force powers, but he's not going to be a Jedi. You know what I'm saying? Um, although it would be kind of cool to make him the new Tar Vizsla, you know, that he is the the person that kind of unifies those two things like was done in the past. I am much excited. Yes, same. So I guess while we're on the subject of Star Wars, I decided that since I have so many games that I want to play and haven't played, that I'm just going to fucking pick one. <laughs> I'm going to play it all the way through. And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to pick another one. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to make this a thing that we're, we're keeping me honest on you, Random, about the video games I'm playing. So the first one that I am playing is Fallen Order because I started it and got like maybe a couple hours into it and didn't go back. And I'm a little more than halfway through the game now. And uh, this game is like freaking awesome. Other than like being able to not being able to play it, which is kind of my thing. Um, I've had to look at a lot of walkthroughs to like figure things out. But uh, the story is is awesome. I love it. Yeah, it, the story on that game is amazing. I mean, the fact that a character I didn't even know existed is is now kind of like becoming one of my favorites. Like Cal Kestis is dope. If you think you like him now, just wait. Oh, yes. I'm like because because as of date of recording this, the the sequel Jedi Survivor came out yesterday, and I I had it, I had it pre ordered. It was already installed on my PlayStation yesterday, and I started playing it uh, today. Excellent! Like I I am at Kashyyyk the second time, <laughs> which according to everything I've read is like you're a little past halfway. Kashyyyk the first time is when you hang out with Saw, right? Yeah. That was that was fucking cool. Like anything with Sagarera in it, you know that I'm hype. The thing that the only thing that I was like a little, I don't know, taken aback by, because I guess it makes sense because it's not that long before uh, a new hope. Is that like all the rebels are like, "Yo, Jedi," and they're all supposed to be gone, and they're all just like weirdly cool with a guy running around calling himself a Jedi. I thought that maybe that that, but but then they're like Saw's people, so who knows. See, I thought this was I thought this was closer to um, Revenge of the Sith than A New Hope. Because I, I guess I was thinking only like eight or ten years had passed since Order sixty six, which means we've got Looking still another fifteen or so. So Jedi Survivor takes place nine BBY. So yeah, okay, it's probably I don't know how big of a jump there is between the games, but probably like fifteen years between the games. No, no, I mean in general. Yeah. Okay. Oh, never mind. I I went further down. Uh, Fallen Order takes place in fourteen BBY. Yeah, that sounds right. So it's that sounds like it's pretty much dead in the middle. Yeah, I mean that is literally smack. Well, no. Wait. No, because no, Luke be. is sixteen, right? Yeah. So this is this is only a couple. It's like two years after Order sixty six. Those numbers don't match up. Those numbers do not match up because. The the videos of the the flashbacks of Cal during Order sixty six. There's more than two years have passed there. there, there okay, something's weird there. What's Order sixty six? Kill all the Jedi's? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. 
Well, the flashbacks I've seen are just him with his teacher. Like, I don't think it was during Order 66. It was just him training with him. That's true. But that takes but yeah. away my thing, because if there's only not been Jedi for a few years, like, okay, everybody would probably be like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is much closer to Old Republic than um, Golden Age of the Empire. Yeah, for sure. Which I don't know how old he's supposed to be in Fallen Order, but he doesn't seem old. Like, he seems like a young guy. So there's definitely, like, a real possibility, like, an older him still is around in the sequel trilogy. But this is kind of the fundamental problem with what they're doing with all these cool characters. If they're around, they're going to have to do a good job explaining where the hell they were. Yes. Like, if Cal is still alive by the time the Battle of Yavin happens, what the fuck? Where was he? Well, I mean, I could totally see, at least for the Battle of Yavin, like, every everybody up to that point thinks all the Jedi are gone. And, like, the Empire's still around, so he's probably still hiding. Yeah, well, and that means he had to have been hiding and hiding well for a while. Yeah. Like, maybe he's like, I'm, I'm not getting involved with the whole, like, rebel shit. Like, <laughs> I'm going to let that blow over. Yeah, well, well, I just, at some point, they either have to kill him or tell me where he was to make it make sense. Because right now it does not. Yeah. But it's like, where was the wait, 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 like which, which, the is, which is exactly what they do with, um... It's what they do with um, Ezra. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we just shot him out into the far reaches of space. He'll be back later. He, he can't be around for this. That, that's almost as funny as... You, you have to have heard this. We may have even talked about it on the show before. They had to go through seven seasons of Clone Wars and make sure Anakin and Grievous yeah. were never on screen together because of a dumbass throwaway line in Revenge of the Sith where they meet for the first time. The amount of, like, plot contortions they had to do to make that happen are absurd. But it's hilarious if you know it's happening. Uh-huh. Like, it is, it is the ultimate, like, gift that keeps on giving Easter egg. I, I, I can only do one better. Go on. Darth Jar, Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> if you've wow. seen that theory and then you watch The Clone Wars, you're like, oh, my God. They got a point with that. I want you to be wrong. And yet, but I don't think no, you are. No, if you watch, if you know that theory, and then watch the 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 Clone Wars, it's more disappointing. Oh no, it's the Clone Wars. Are you talking about the the cartoon or the three movies? No, no, the the seven seasons of a TV show. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. It's just disappointing that Darth Jar Jar wasn't real. If it was, I I might have been interested in Star Trek again because it was really good. I've said that here before. <laughs> oh, wow. Speaking of Jar Jar and going back to Mando, um, that was nice. Give uh, Ahmad Best another shot. Like, that was super cool. I'm glad they did that. Yeah. Like, you can come back, you can be a Jedi, and you can be a fucking badass. Uh, so nobody will talk shit about you again. Like, I'm still going to talk shit about Jar Jar. Yeah. Well, that was the problem. Like, he, I think he may have been, like, one of the first big, like, sci-fi celebrities that just, like, got just shit on for a character. Like, people, like, went after him. I don't know, like, both um, Jake Lloyd and Hayden Christensen, both of them for Anakin. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, the same amount of, like, vitriol. Like, people. Okay. And, like... Who's this? The guy that played Jar Jar. Oh, I didn't even think of that. 
um because apparently like on set for the first movie like all the people there were telling him like you're doing a really good job with this character because it's like this weird fucking character and they're like you're you're good this is going to be a big thing and like it was his first big acting job i guess and he was like oh i'm doing this thing that's making everybody like super happy and then just got fucking crushed when the movie came out and everybody hated him oh poor fella yeah he's been really open about it and like he uh, he went through some shit because of it but the fact that they brought him back and gave him a character and and stuff it's 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 really cool yeah i i approve of that giving him a second shot I mean, to be clear, he didn't do anything wrong. The character was trash, but yeah. that has nothing to do with him. Yeah, and I think yeah, that, exactly. I think that's ultimately why it was done. And apparently, I didn't realize this. Some I was reading an article about it, and somebody said that there was like a during the pandemic there was a Star Wars game show that for kids that was on, and the, he was the host of the show, but he was a Jedi and. That was his name on the show, like whatever his name in, in Mandalorian is. That was his name. It's the same character from that like kids uh, show that they just they were just like, well, we bring you back for that and like make it a real character. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a a, a wink and a nod kind of thing, which is which I, I kind of dig. I think that that's fun. It's only surprising that it sounds like neither of you have heard of the game show before. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, that's not a thing I would watch. What? Well, no, I'm shocked that neither of you were contestants on it. It was for kids, bro. Oh, so, alright. So no adults could compete. It was just, it was kids competing for on a kids show. Okay. Yes. It seemed like it was sort of like a, somebody, just from the description, it sounded like it was one of the like Nickelodeon kids game show kind of deals, but everything was Star Wars themed. I mean, it doesn't mean I can't send my daughter on and then like have an earpiece in her ear and give her all the answers. <laughs> I was just going to say IFB, anybody? All right, all right. And where do you go to school, little girl? Oh, I don't go to school. I graduated early. I'm in the Secret Service. That's why the curly thing is on the side of my ear. That's a hearing aid. It's fine. Just move along. Yeah, it helps her hear me. Actually, under the new definition of hearing aids, yeah, that that's very easy to do. So is Survivor as good as Fallen Order? I mean, I've gotten maybe two hours into it. But so far, yes. It seems like that from uh, better. The video I saw of people playing it, I was like, oh, this is just kind of the same game. Uh, so far, it feels like it is doing the thing that good sequels do, where when you start playing it, you feel like this is just the same game. And then you go back and play the old one, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I see all the, the quality of life improvements. Like one little thing, climbing up things. You, you you just, like, move better and faster. That's nice. It just climbing fe- always felt clunky, and it doesn't now. The one thing I read about it that just, I was like, oh, thank God, was that they put fast travel in to backtrack. I'm just like, how many, how much time of this game have I spent just walking back to my ship through dumb stuff where I, I should just be able to go back? And apparently you can I have, somewhat I have do not, that. I have not had that experience yet, but I, I have not gotten first. I have not gotten through the first like whole mission. I think the way that they were explaining is like, once you get through to a certain point, like the meditation points become like teleport points. So you can just like boop, boop, boop back through the meditation points you've been at. That sounds nice. Yeah. Real nice. Cause what is it? Zepho, the like third planet you go to, it's just like, it is a freaking maze for no reason. And you've got to go through it like four times on each visit. 
I know it's dumb. It's a cool level, but it's just like I'm sick of doing these same things. Like, yes, I like walking on the wall like a Jedi. Could we maybe give me different walls to walk on, please? Yep. So without giving it without giving any plot away, I'll tell you that the opening like level for Survivor is on Coruscant, which is just fantastic. Ooh, me like you that. It will go on my list. I've decided I'm going to play this, and then I have like three or four games lined up for the next one. I'll probably play that, and then I might try Survivor. Yeah, I would say, since I know you're going to play it on a PC, wait. I'm playing it on my uh, PS5, and from the couple of people I've talked to who are, who have played it on PC, it's um not stable yet. Yeah. But, I mean, it came out yesterday. Like, shit's going to happen. Half-Baked Game released a PC? Never. Well, and they even delayed the release of this game by, like, a month. Yeesh. Well, I mean, the thing with PC, the reason stuff is always weird is because it's not a consistent hardware profile. That's true. Versus when you release something on, like, a PlayStation, you know exactly what the hardware is. It's not changing at all. So you've got much fewer, pro like, variables to work with. Well, and then you got assholes like me who are, like, running it in Linux on a Steam Deck. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I'm doing all the things wrong. Not wrong, just not the way they intended. Although, I I don't know. I don't know how many Steam Decks are out there, but it's probably to the point where at least it's a consideration now. I mean, the fact that um, Steam has a metric for does this run on the Steam Deck yeah, certainly helps it be considered by a lot of people. And if I run on a Steam Deck, it'll run on my computer. So, How upgradable is the Steam Deck? Can you put a, a different video card in it eventually? Not. No. I think the only thing that you can do with the Steam Deck is the drive, I think, is upgradable. Drive with some some bullshit. I don't even think it's really bullshit. I think the... Um, and this could be just like old information that hasn't changed. I think the SSD that they have in it runs cooler than most SSDs. And the thing that they are worried about is people putting in aftermarket SSDs that run too hot. Um, so and I, sort of... and I will I will say as someone who plays mine a lot, um, if you play an intense game, it already gets really warm. Yeah. Um, so I but I think they've they've actually gone back and said, okay, these are the SSDs we've kind of tried it with that work. So it, it's literally like to actually put it in. It's just like a computer. It's actually easier than most computers. You just open up the case and you know pop in the drive. It's it's actually pretty simple. Well, I'm assuming you have to do some like drive duplication in between those steps, but. No, uh, you can get a flash drive, uh, like an ISO of Steam oh. OS. Yeah, no, you it runs just like a computer. You just flash it from there. But it, I'm assuming I'm assuming memory and everything else is soldered on, so you're not upgrading that stuff. Yeah, I don't know about the memory, but um, I know the 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 chip itself. Like it's it's pretty much you get what you get. Yeah, no, you, I mean you're not putting a different video card or a different CPU in this thing. Like this is this is a gaming console that the the console they happen to be running is a PC. And, and, and I mean, look, like a Steam Deck is expensive. Not for a single millisecond since I have owned it have I regretted the amount of money I paid for it. I, I if nothing else, nope. I feel like I got a, a fucking steal. And so the funny thing is, I actually bought one sooner than I had initially intended to. Because I was kind of going to wait until the first gen had happened because Steam has a very middling 
a valve has a very middling track record when it comes to hardware. Yeah, for sure. A lot of their hardware product products are really good, but never catch on. And so you can get them for a song or sometimes there was one that as they were clearing out stock, I paid more for shipping than the actual device. Yep. And that was the steam link. I never got one of those because I don't see the appeal of playing on a TV because I don't, I don't ever sit in front of a TV. So I'm either like in my chair and that's the steam deck works. If I'm just like sitting in my chair or at my computer desk and then I have my computer. What kind of chair is it? It's a freaking beat up old nasty uh, nursing <laughs> chair that like, we got a long time ago. And uh, it, it just happens to be in our living room. So that's what I said in. So what you're saying, Taj, is you already have your hospice chair picked out. I, I mean, pretty much it's uh, we've been talking about because we need a new couch. Um, so we're talking about just like redoing all the furniture in the living room. Uh, so I will get a new chair then. But right now, this is the chair I have. And it it it, it serves its purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm the old guy that has this chair. And that's, you know, I come home and like fall asleep in it every night. So by nursing chair, you mean it has a motor to help you stand up? Or that you can breastfeed in it. No, it's like a, a, a breastfeeding nursing chair. We got it like secondhand. I I, th- I think when our oldest was born. I don't know. It's been it's been here for a while. <laughs> so that was the original purpose that we got it for. But then it just turned into a chair. Hey, Pokey, what's this stop motion animation thing you've got on your list? That sounds interesting, and I want to hear about it. I don't know, but it's a reward. <laughs> It's a reward for anyone who has listened to the entire show, I think. It's uh, a lot of the description for this is in Japanese, and I just I haven't had the time yet to translate it into English to find out what it is. Um, but right now, what I can tell you is it's so it's Hadari is the name of it, and it appears to be about or at least based on possibly a real life person or a legendary character or a folklore character. I'm, I'm really not sure at this point, um, but they're a, a group of people apparently, or one person or something. I don't know. sounds like people. It sounds like a group of people. They're attempting to make a full length movie in stop motion out of these little wooden stop motion figures that they've made. And um, they made a, a pilot episode of it sort of um, might be the opening scene of the film or something. It's like five minutes and 32 seconds. It's really, really cool. It's, it's cool to watch. It's, it's, um, it kind of threw me off at first uh, trying to figure out what, it, what was meant because it, it's like wooden characters. So they look kind of mechanical anyway, but the, lead character has a mechanical prosthetic arm and it appears to be like super strong and he's got a sidekick named sleeping cat because it's a cat that sleeps and um it was really cool i like stop motion it was fun to to watch that's all i know about it you'll have to check it out to learn more yourself and or do google translate you know with your phone pointed at your computer screen to read more than i was able to read so, so pro tip, if you go down and hit uh, the closed captioning, it has English subtitles. So just, just putting that out there. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. It, my, I have subtitles on by default on YouTube, so I forgot to mention that. But, yes, that's true. 
Uh, yeah, no. Just the... also, also, also. Pro tip: um, If one were using YouTube DL, there are, in fact, switches to um, enable subtitles. Yes, there are. Oh, um, this looks awesome. Like, I just watched the first like forty seconds of it with the sound off, and I'm sold. Oh yeah, I thought of you immediately when I saw this. I I don't know a whole lot about Japanese folklore or or anime or culture or or um cinema i have no idea it says it's done in the style of japanimation which i just thought was called anime um but maybe there's a distinction there as well but it, yeah i mean it, it is cool it's it's very sort of action-packed with a lot of like uh not quite bullet time but very nearly bullet time type shots in it, it it's it's cool it was very fun to watch quickly is this the end no this is